0: shows found at vicbp radiocom I am one of your co-hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by
1: Sean Fritz. Mr. Fritz, it's been a couple of weeks. Are you still COVID-free? So a peek behind the curtain for the listeners. This is how, this is how the sausage is made. <laughs> we took a mid-COVID break. We did. We did. And uh, not unlike the mid-spring break for every tv show now since thank you walking dead for doing that uh but yes i am alive living day to day not wondering where my next meal is going to come from because the grocery store down the street has extended his it's previously um reduced hours to semi-normal i agree uh and lowe's has gone back to full-time hours so i am in a state of hooray are you in a state where masks are mandatory no
0: no do you wear a mask anyway
1: i'm o positive blood type which is allegedly one of the more resistant blood types to the virus so you're superhuman
0: so you shoot so you're saying you wear a mask you're a superhuman you do wear a mask
1: i i don't wear a mask when fighting crimes i will sometimes now i will tell you that friday as we're recording this friday two days ago North Carolina did their beginning to reopen phase one, yeah. which is retail stores can be open at 25% capacity. So even though target was open during the entire, you know, initial stay home, I went to target on Saturday and they were only letting in 25% of the people, which strikes me as odd. Cause why are you changing the rules when the rules didn't apply to you before?
0: Really, I'm gonna have to check out my target and see if they're doing that because, yeah, you went to Target any time during this time and you just walked in and everybody was in there shopping. They, I mean, it just was. I mean, they have the little markers to say stand this far back while you're waiting at the register, but uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was, it was business as usual at Target.
1: Interesting, nobody at Lowe's followed those. I, it just struck me as odd like, wow, you're all a bunch of idiots.
0: It's weird, right? And it's weird how fast we have changed what we see as acceptable right like like I, I had a friend that was telling me that he went into the store the other day and saw somebody walk in w- without wearing a mask and just thought to himself what is he doing like the expectation is already an accepted thing uh, and it went so fast just in a couple of months time um it's interesting man this this it's you know as we're recording this this is still kind of our reality people are still quarantining there are still people getting sick uh and things are slowly slowly starting to open but a lot of stuff is still kind of shut down you know sports is trying to figure out what they're doing uh but we're not we're still recording we're still doing silence your phones we're still watching movies and we're still talking about what we think about these movies
1: and you know just so to put a button on that yes I did wear a mask when I went to target and on saturday I did my one of my many civic duties I actually went and donated blood on saturday nice yeah and so i definitely wore my mask there i was i, I was one of maybe well there was th- at there there was one of maybe 3 people that weren't and obviously all the people that were working in fact were wearing masks
0: yeah but it's definitely a different world man it's a different world right now we'll see what it looks like in a few months but uh a lot of these slow rollouts to to start opening society opening society right in quotes opening society um it's going to be interesting to see where we go i never thought like because we've see, we watch these movies these post-apocalyptic movies these you know uh neo tokyo style movies where you know it's futuristic and you see these and you never think that that would have been it but now you know i feel like reality on in this country um i think moving forward even when we are open again i think you're going to see a whole lot more masks in public i really do
1: Well, and and speaking to that point, I read an article and I forget exactly where they were, what geographic area they were talking about. It might've been California, it might've been uh, New York somewhere, but Chinatown or Koreatown or one of those major, uh, those densely populated areas that are primarily uh, Asian, they had the lowest amount, the lowest percentage of the population that was affected because they Mm -hmm. always. A lot of them will wear masks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think it comes from, you know, their country. And I think a lot of it came from a lot of Japan uh, was after World War II, right? After the, the, the nuclear bomb, uh, the atom bomb. Um, that's where a lot of the whole wearing the mask thing came out for their culture. Or were they wearing masks before?
1: I thought it was from anime.
0: It may it may have been anime. They're just like, look at how badass this looks. We're gonna wear it in culture, but no, you're right because that's that was kind of more of an accepted thing and part of the culture. And I think we're gonna see that. It's gonna be def. It's definitely gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting to see what it looks like going back to things like going to the movie theaters when it's a packed house. Like, how does that look now? Uh, you know, will people be wearing? How do you wear a mask and eat popcorn at the same time? How are you gonna do that?
1: I think you need a mouth like the. Alien in the movie Alien. And
0: that's how we transition. Yes, that's right, folks. Uh, this week, the movie we're watching is 1979's Alien. Some of you may have figured out we're not home yet. We're only halfway there. Mothers interrupt the course of our journey. Why? He's programmed to do that should certain conditions arise. They have.
1: Like what? Seems she has intercepted a transmission of unknown origin. She got us up to check it out. What kind of a transmission? Acoustical beacon that uh, repeats at intervals of 12 seconds. SOS? I don't know. Human? Unknown. Can't see a goddamn thing. Ash, can you see this? I've never seen anything like it. It doesn't look like an SOS. It looks like
0: chances but you have my sympathies did you wouldn't you watch this to to discuss it for the show was this one of these movies you saw for the first time or had you already seen this before
1: so the full movie was my first time in watching it i had no i i had seen the prequel alf on tv <laughs> <laughs> i had I, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, and I had seen Captain Marvel, which I noticed a lot of the subtle elements in Captain Marvel were in, were were kind of borrowed, if you will, from this movie. But I had never seen this movie in its entirety before. Um, I had just seen, and, you know, for, through pop culture references, you know a lot of this stuff. Yeah. You know. So, but I have seen Alien versus Predator in the movies theater and I would not recommend that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so you're
0: very aware of this creature. A lot of the, like you said, a lot of the main, the biggest scenes in cinema history uh, have played out throughout pop culture in reference to this film. Um, they I
1: reference it in Avengers. Um, yeah. The Infinity War. Spider-Man references it. That other really old movie.
0: Yep. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's so heartbreaking, man. Um, no, but so this film, I think I was just telling you before we started, the last time I saw this movie was easily 20 something years ago. I was probably 13, 14 years old. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, I, I remember, I think back then I don't really, I didn't appreciate a lot of what I appreciated this time around watching it. Um, but you know, also watching it this time around uh, as an adult, getting into the story and, and just taking in more, uh, I definitely have a lot to say on it. It was it's 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 an iconic film. It's it's considered one of the, the better horror films, uh, and it is considered a horror film, even though it's a sci-fi genre. It's also considered a horror film, uh, and it's it's considered one of the better horror films there are. You know, um, the alien itself is is an iconic creature. It's it's up there in the status of monsters in our culture. So, definitely, you know, jumping into this was something I was ready to do. Um, Let's get into it, man. Let's get into the movie itself. Let's get into the actors and the acting. So, this cast. um, Pretty decent cast, man, right? Like, it's not a bad cast. Tom, who let's see let's take a look at the entire cast here uh Tom Skerritt is in this Sigourney Weaver Veronica Cartwright uh Harry Dean Stanton John Hurt Ian Holm Yaphet Kodo, uh I can't even say this other guy that plays the alien Bulaji Badejo and Helen Horton as the voice of mother on the ship uh imi- don't
1: forget Goose from Captain Marvel
0: and Goose from Captain Marvel um there you go, dude. Immediately, Sigourney Weaver, right? Like this was one of the films that catapulted her into stardom. Was the role of Ripley in Alien.
1: And if I'm not mistaken, Ripley was just written as a character, not necessarily a female. Mm-hmm. And at a table read, she read it, and then that was, and they're off to the races.
0: Yeah, she. uh It was her first leading role in in a major motion picture, Um and immediately we get this. Sense, like the way they play this character uh she she already has this at first i forgot like what her role was in the on the on the ship on the as as part of the crew but then when she really starts to kind of step up and you see some of these men balk at her you start to realize oh that's right she's got a higher rank and so she's already kind of put into this role of um a powerful female like you said originally it's written as a character not male or female so when she's playing it she's playing it i'm not sure was the director thinking hey you've got to play it as if it was a man or was this a conscious effort i'm not sure but you know it's there it's it's completely blatant immediate that this is going to be a strong female she has no problem telling the men what to do exactly um tom scarrett's in this tom scarrett is he was in uh the movie Uh, mash he was Top Gun, Top Gun, yep. Yeah. Um, a movie called A River Runs Through It. That's an old school movie. Uh, he's been in a few films, but this is one of his his more known films as well. Uh, at least amongst the sci fi pop culture, you know, horror genre. He plays the the captain of the ship of of, of the Nostromo is the name of the ship. Um,
1: I got you're missing a big. He's in Contact. Oh, that's right. He was in Contact.
0: Um, so. Let's let's speak to the acting. I mean, we have a lot of these good uh, let, uh, first let's go to the act more of the actors. We have Harry Dean Stanton. Uh Harry Dean Stanton's been in a lot of movies. If you if when you see him, you're like, "Oh, it's that guy." I remember him from Godfather 2. Uh know him in Alien. Um what else was he? In? First Avengers. First Avengers, he's in Pretty in Pink, he's in Repo Three Man. Miles. Uh yeah, dude, he's in a lot of films. Um Ian Holm. Okay, Sir Ian Holm, cut Bert, man. So immediately when you see him, I'm like, holy crap, I forgot Bilbo Baggins is in this movie. Oh,
1: how about that?
0: Yeah, he's Bilbo Baggins, dude. Uh, So Bilbo Baggins is in this film. He's also been in other, like, you know, well-known films back in the days. A 1967 Tony Award for Best Featured Actor in The Homecoming. Um,
1: day After Tomorrow. Yep. Uh, oh, he was in, um, where did you, I just saw it. the aviator, which is what a lot of people find, uh, regard as a, uh, what is that? A sleeper movie.
0: Aviator. I don't think I've seen that.
1: It's with, what's his name? Leonardo DiCaprio. I have
0: seen that. Yeah. What's his name? He, he plays the, uh, the, the billionaire Howard Hughes. Yeah. 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 I know what you're talking about. Uh, Yafet Kodo. So he was one of the crew on, on the ship. Uh but you'll a lot of people in the eighties will remember him from a TV show. Um what was the name of that show? Oh God, Homicide, Life on the Street. Not eighties, nineties. It was a nineties show. Um he was also in The Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he was also in uh he played, let's say, he portrayed the main villain, Dr. Kananga, Mr. Big, in Live and Let Die.
1: Yep. Another James Bond movie. There you we, go. There seems to be a running it almost feels like we're going to have to watch
0: one here soon because, like I told you, dude, I've never seen one ever in my life. So oh, I'll have to pick a good one. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to go in that. So this is a good cast, man. We have a deep cast, a lot of very you know, talented actors and actresses in this cast. Um, I have to say, though, when I was watching this, you get a feel for – do you ever notice how there's different styles of acting? Like if you watch really old films, the way people act – uh, d- didn't seem natural right it seemed a little kind of overdone then nowadays it feels like it might be natural but if you watch the film maybe 20 years from now you're like whoa what, what's up with the way they're acting you know what i mean
1: yeah, it seems a little forced or or a little less. Yeah, and, and like you said, a little less natural.
0: And this one, um, it's not so much, but you can definitely feel it's a different kind of acting. Um, but it also could be the directing. It could be the director. You know, it could be really Scott saying, "Hey, I want you guys to be a little more natural." Because there's times where I feel like when they're delivering lines, I don't know if they were. I don't know how to explain it. Like there's a scene at the, at the beginning where, you know, they all get come out of their, their hyper sleep. They're all eating for the first time, sitting around the table and they're all kind of talking over each other. And then the two, the two crew guys, the guys that are, you know, work a lot of the stuff, uh, I would say in the bowels of the thing, the engineers, um, they start complaining about the pay they're getting right. That they're, they're, they're pulling this, this, this load and they should get the equal pay. Um, and I think when they get the response they get, they it, I couldn't tell, were they supposed to be angry or joking around? Like, I couldn't really tell. It was a weird kind of flat way of delivering what seemed to be where they should be kind of annoyed, right? And later on, it becomes that they're annoyed, but it didn't feel natural. It felt really weird. And I found that throughout this whole film. There was a lot of different times where the acting kind of... The the emotion behind it didn't match the lines or what was being delivered or what the story was supposed to be, uh, what was supposed to
1: be going on in that story. Does that make sense? Did you notice that? Uh, I didn't really see that because I hadn't seen the movie before. Um, I wonder if it just isn't part of, you know, just directorial decisions that, hey, I want this emotion out of you here. And then as it goes on and on more and more your motivation might initially be money mm. and then you're not getting it. So you resigned to it. Plus you just came out of hypersleep. So you're a little, your emotions are a little, you know, stunted. Uh, good. And then the, as you go on more and there's more and more threats, you're pretty pissed off. Cause there's a, you know, as we find out, there's a pretty good possibility you're going to get got at, at some point in this movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I get what you're saying there. Yeah. That's the, that, I get that. Definitely. Uh, I just remember I was watching it this time around and, and there was a few times Where uh, they kind of speak over each other too, and I had to like go back and turn it up so I could pick out what was being said sometimes. And I felt like really like um, I get maybe getting that wanting that feel of maybe some sort of natural. It was natural like people speak over each other, you know, especially when there's a bunch of people around. You're gonna have that, but there was times where it felt kind of clunky for me. But overall, I mean, again, the the cast that they have, I feel like they put the characters felt realistic. They all had their own kind of um um uh, what's the word i'm looking for the uh personalities like it was it, it was apparent you know what kind of people these people were these act, uh the characters
1: oh yeah i mean you're not going to get the same type of attitude from an engineer as you are from a uh a, a science person as you are from somewhere you know from from an officer so you're gonna, and you know and that comes from in some cases experience or from training or just what your focus is, you know, what your interests are. But uh, uh, speaking to your point about where they're talking all over each other, I watched this with the captions on. It was, it is on HBO go. So thanks to mom and dad, I get to watch it for free. (laughs) But uh, I did have the captions on and there, it just said inaudible chatter or inaudible (laughs) audio because they were just talking like, Oh man, I had the craziest dream that I was sleeping for 30 years. You know, yeah. something, you know something stupid like that
0: yeah there was times while that's happening that i think the captain's trying to deliver lines that are actually important to the story and it and i think maybe that's the point because it's it's supposed to have that kind of chaotic feel or maybe that feel of like you know uh they just like you said they just came out of sleep so everything's trying to get you know f- fit back into place and and feel normal again so um it it threw me off a little bit but then i started you know noticing other things about the film uh, and we'll definitely touch on them but um so when it comes to acting how about the stuff that was when it was time for there to be emotion right like when the, the first time the face hugger smacks on that guy's face and everybody's freaking out and uh captain wants to be let on the ship uh sigourney weaver is like ice cold like there's no kind of like I don't know, man, because even if she's making this decision, I feel like there has to be some sort of emotion. There's got to be her. What does she have? Zero blood pressure at that moment? Do
1: you know what I mean? I took it as that she was removing her emotions from the decision, regardless of, you know, who was it? Ash that, that, uh, or was it Kane? Uh, It was Kane. I believe that that was, you know, in, in, indisposed Mm -hmm. and he needed to get to the, to the med bay. Well, probably, you know, she's just taking her emotion out of it. And later on in the movie, you know, Dallas, Tom Skerritt, did ask Ripley, Sigourney Weaver, how many, you know, basically establishing the chain of command that she was number two, he was number one, but also that that she had never worked with, with Ash before. And so there is oh, a, that's a, right. You're an right. establishment of crew. So, so when Kane was was it, I can't remember. They're both British and they kind of <laughs> honestly did look, they have a, they had a similar look and I couldn't really tell who was who. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when, when the face hugger was on Kane uh, or, or in that scene, yeah. When the face hugger was on scene, uh, Kane and Ash was like, let him in, please. Obviously we find out why later in the film, yeah. but uh, later on Dallas and Ripley are having that conversation and it seems that there is a semi-established, grouping of people that work together on a revolving basis yeah you definitely got you know, that so
0: you definitely got that
1: so with 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 ash being or kane being you know smacked in the face did she work with him before did she not work with him before was it that she was trying to be contrarian to to ash completely because he was like, oh, let her in, let her, let him in, let him in, for reasons that you'll find out later.
0: Yeah. I feel like she did work with them, but I, it's, the way I took it was I thought they were really trying to push this, that she can be that kind of, you know, like you said, remove the, the emotion out of it, and when she has to be a strong leader, she's going to be. Um, I just felt like, I don't know, and I guess it's, it's, you have to go back to the time and the style of acting, and again, who knows what the direction was. Uh, but I just feel like if... This crazy shit happened, and you literally saw this being on strapped to a guy's face. There's got to be some sort of elevation she, of pulse. She didn't
1: though. She didn't though. She because they're when oh, they went that's into the right. ship. She didn't. She th- knew that something was
0: happening. Yeah.
1: And then they just said, "We need to get him to the med bay. There's no time to explain." Well, that seems a little strange. It's like, "Hey, let me in," you know, because I said so. Yeah. Uh, but keep keep in mind too that Ripley was very emotionless uh, uh, you know outwardly but uh, Lambert played by Veronica Cartwright mm-hmm. was just emotions on her sleeve oh yes and she, I was going to point
0: her out I think she was doing a great job there's the scene where she's kind we're focusing on her like cameras focusing on her but we know what's happening is is Ash and and Dallas talking off in the corner about what they're going to do and you can tell, you know, they're discussing how this could threaten the guy's life, what's happening. And her, like, you could see her reacting to it, kind of looking over at them. You know, it was a, it was very, I thought that was a really, really good scene. And I thought she did a great job because, you, like you said, you saw her emotions literally on the
1: surface. Well, you're not the only one that thought that because she won Best Supporting Actress.
0: Oh, nice. She should. She she did. and as As well, she should as well. She should. Um, no, she, yeah, she, this, it's, um, I feel like a lot of the cast, they, the parts they played were really good. You know what I mean? Um, and they came across realistic, like the two engineers, right? The ones played by Yappa and, and, uh, Harry Dean Stanton, these two guys, they played it like they'd been working together. Like they're used to bitching with each other and calling each other out. And, and you felt that immediately when they interact, um so and i i like that i like when i see actors that immediately you buy them and this other person having history do you know what i mean that they get along there's a good chemistry and there's a way that they play so well off of each other that you buy it you buy that there's history behind these people they have a lot of years behind uh how well they know each other and these two guys i think did a great job together
1: I i would agree i mean they they have a shorthand that, you know, if they're yelling, they don't get offend. you know, at each other, they don't get offended. You know, the joke they play on Ripley mm-hmm. just to get her out of their face at the beginning of the movie when they have, when they first land on the, on the planet and they have to fix something down in the bowels of the ship, you know, they turn on a valve and she just, it makes her walk away and then they just start laughing about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um What was the other guy I was going to say? Oh, the other thing I was going to say, uh, the one I think I could have used a little bit of help in direction Uh, Was the voice actress Helen Horton the voice of Mother? Um, So, and I'll and I'll tell you why it wasn't a bad deal. You know, obviously you have to have kind of this, you know, this feelingless voice as as a as a part of a computer, right? And that was a lot of the things that you see in the 70s and 80s when they're doing sci-fi films when the computer speaks back to you. It's a lot of times it's emotionless. It's got this kind of deadpan way of of delivering. You know the information that it's got to say. Basically, what it's programmed to say. It shouldn't have emotion behind it. But towards the end of the film, right when it's doing the countdown, there's a time in there. Like the countdown itself, it's not just this mod, like this, this like droning style countdown. There's emotion into it. There's it's it's almost like the emotion's trying to help build the tension. Like this is your last chance, kind of a thing. You know what I mean? I don't know.
1: Did you notice that when she was doing the countdown? I did, and I think it was twofold to create a sense of urgency from the viewer, but also to relay that, hey, shit or get off the pot. <laughs> because if you don't push the button, you know, at the five, before the five-minute mark, you're
0: out of luck. Yeah. I just remember the way she was doing There was something that she, the way she said it, and it, it had this emotion behind it that I was like, that's weird. Why would the computer give a shit? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it Do should you, just
1: be droning. Do you think this this vo- the the voice direction uh, for Mother was more emotional than Hell Nine Thousand or less?
0: Um, I think it was a little bit more, yeah. But then again, I'm going, how I'm going, of- I'm going on on memory of how I kid When's the last time I watched that? Jeez, Louise, that's been a long time. But this one, I just, yeah. you know, having just watched it, I felt like, wait, there shouldn't be emotion in this computer's voice. Oh, overall, though, the, the cast itself and the, and I feel like a lot of the work they did was great. Uh, I, I really enjoyed their their work on this film.
1: Yeah, I, I think just all in all, it was a very good cast. It was, you know, it was the best, the best options, uh, not uh, assumptively. It was the best combination. Let's let's put it that yeah. way.
0: And uh, they had they had a pretty decent story to work with. Let's jump into writing and story. So the idea behind this is it's obviously it's in the future, right? And we have a, a commercial space, kind of like a tug. It's it's basically, it's a transport vehicle that's transporting, uh, I can't remember what did it say at the beginning of the film. It's some sort of ore mining or something from some planets, right? And it's transporting it back to, I don't know if it's Earth or whatever planet or moon they're supposed to be going to. Um, and we know, you know, in reality, traveling through space is, is, it's almost impossible like you'd never really be able to experience getting from one point to another without some sort of wormhole or some sort of shortcuts it's so vast that you'll live outlive the time you know before you get to where you got to and for this the way they explain it is you go into some sort of like hyper stasis this kind of uh you know deep sleep deep sleep yeah and it's supposed to slow you down also so you don't age as fast but the idea is is they're they you know they they're going to be sleeping the entire time and that the only reason that they'll ever be uh awoken is by the time they get to their destination or if the ship mother uh determines that there's something that that needs attention uh whether it's danger or or you know malfunctioning it'll it'll awaken them uh and then give them the information they need so that they can address what's going on and that's what happens in this film at the very beginning of the film um you know we see this ship and you know what i really liked about a lot of this is it's got that really old school kind of 70s thought of what the future looks like do you know what i mean inside the ship Mm -hmm. the lighting it looks so great there's a lot of real long kind of camera tracking shots at the very beginning of this film uh that to me it really kind of sets this feeling of solitude like first of all this is what it's like in these hallways this is how enclosed it is and also look at us in space this is how big this thing is but it's this tiny in this vastness of space so they wake up because you know uh something goes on and we find out that you know it's been it's it that there's uh there's a signal that they're receiving from and, and so that's what kicks off this story uh and then they find out they end up going to this planet And as the story goes, they land, they, they come across this weird, you know, contraption. They don't know what it is. It's an alien style contraption. When I say alien, I just mean, you know, not of anything that they were, they knew. Um,
1: And which it also causes signal disruption too. So it's, that's why, you know, the video feed, they had wireless video feed too. Granted NASA had, you know, extra planetary conversation with astronauts. What. 10 years 20 years before yeah 10 years before this yep. so but video you know wireless video is is a thing of when this was filmed which very futuristic
0: it is it's is definitely uh and so you know they sent a few of these these astronauts out there service a few of these these crew out there to check it check it out see what this thing is where the signal's coming from they stumble across what ends up being a, a, just a field of eggs right a nest of eggs um, we discussed it already a face Play, plants itself on one of the guys they bring him back to the ship and all hell breaks loose because he ends up becoming a host of what we later know as the xenomorph the alien creature um and that's it right so is this is the story and how do they survive the creatures on the ship basically picking them each off uh one at a time and it's up to the heroine uh ripley to try to destroy it by the end of the film um the 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 film itself is a solid story i mean i don't feel like the i don't feel like you can w- look at that and go like oh this didn't make any sense there's way too many holes it's a solid story you know it's a super simple story these you know sleeping they wake up because of this this signal but then there's that other underlying story that kind of ties in and, and becomes kind of like this oh it wasn't as simple as that
1: yeah the the plot i think was was very was very linear but that's not a bad thing you know the what i really liked about it is that it involved a very confined space anything outside of that space is you know you're out of luck and so therefore we only had a small grouping of people you know what is it eight people nine people maybe yep. um but but you know in this as you said futuristic or you know late 70s early 80s futuristic looking you know, layout, most efficient layout for a, a space colony, which I think is still the same type of design as they use for any levitating aircraft ever. Hallways. It's almost like a um like a cul-de-sac, if you will. You yeah. Know, you're in a hallway and then you have rooms that spit out on, on the sides of it and then the hallways are either round or the, the rooms are either round or circular. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it seems to be the most efficient way, I guess, at the time and still But, you know, I I really thought the story was well paced was, you know, the the emotion and the height of the the story uh, was, you know, it it built to a crescendo Uh, at the end. You know, there was one or two small swerves, the, you know, not to get into the the editing and the effects or or whatever, but, you know, the the releasing of little bits of information uh, and the way things were shown definitely. It definitely helped with, or when you watch the movie for the first time, it definitely helps you stay involved. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though it's an older movie, and and as you said, the acting is a little stilted because of, you know, who knows why, the direction, the director, the type of, you know, uh, you know, the time itself, character qualities, exactly. The the way that it was filmed, was it up converted to HD and has that weird back to the future makeup scales on Mm -hmm. it. Um, or is it? You know, is it just a byproduct of be using the type of film instead of digital at the time? It, it, you know, it, it kept me engaged and 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 very interested in what's going to happen next. Uh, I wasn't looking as much in the background because I know older movies aren't going to do that as much. They're not as clever like that. Or the story was what you were right. What the main point was watching, not what was actually happening in the background for something later on. Right. Because the sequel didn't come out for eight years, right, but yeah, but I, I thought overall the the story and the plot were really well done the The slow reveals were really well done, and it added to the suspense that was building just from where's the xenomorph or where's the hugger? Oh, yeah, we find out later that it becomes not so much it's a xenomorph at this point, and then the reveal of the you know the mouth and then the mouth within the mouth, oh. and then the tail. You know, and it's like Jaws. You don't see the whole thing until close to the mm-hmm. end.
0: Yeah, that's nice. That's so nice. Just, uh, yeah, exactly. I like that. I like that. Like Jaws, man. Um, yeah, this movie, I got to say, um, this, it's it's i said at the beginning of the film that or at the beginning of the podcast that this film was actually cons- supposed to be a horror film it's a sci-fi film but it, it comes across as horror did you with the way this story plays out and the pacing for me it very much felt like that i remember just sitting there thinking like i forgot like how truly creepy this really is. Do you know what I mean? A lot of those moments when you're walking through those kind of cramped hallways or when, uh, when the two guys, the engineers, are up, 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 in, in the belly of the, the the ship, you know, with all the pipes and all that stuff. And, and let me ask you something. I have a question about this. Remember that scene where he, the, the one dude right before he bites it is standing there and he's kind of like standing in, in what seems to be this just kind of rain of water coming down? Where the hell
1: is he, dude? Where Where is this water coming from? What is that? I was wondering the same thing and I was wondering why he was just standing there when <laughs> he he just stood there and it's like waiting for a chair shot to the it head. It took forever. You know, you're like, oh, you lifted it up. All right. Now, oh, got to put my hand up real quick at the last <laughs> second. Like you you're standing there you're knowing something is going to happen. Yeah. Get out of dodge. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh there was there was a little bit of that that happened and and I, I don't know if it was just editing or you know they could have taken a couple frames out it wouldn't have been too bad it wouldn't have hurt anything.
0: Right. But overall I think that the whole feel that really creepy you know tension building uh feel that is is a staple in a lot of horror movies I feel like uh, really Scott nailed with this, you know. And it wasn't it wasn't just cuz with the acting and the writing. I mean there was a lot that really works with this, the lighting, uh the different angles that he used um it was just i I remember just sitting there going man i forgot how creepy this is this is this
1: is awesome yeah yeah they definitely did a good job with with all that i would say and
0: i think what really kind of lends to it uh would be the 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 sound like the music in the background so let's get into soundtrack and, and score This didn't really have much of a soundtrack. Was there one song? I think there's maybe one song in this entire thing. Other than that, this is very much, um, there's a few orchestral pieces in this, but there's a whole lot of just kind of ambient, weird kind of creepy setting feeling of a sound. Like the sound is, is what really helped with this the creep factor in this film.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it. there was definitely an eerie sound. I don't remember a lot of, a lot of, vocal you know songs yeah Uh, i'm pulling up or trying to pull up the soundtrack here
0: yeah i feel like it was it was all almost all score i'm almost positive i'm not i can't say 100 uh but it felt like i don't feel like i heard a song at all um but the the score itself man talk about creepy and i think there's always these people that like to put on you know soundtracks and original scores uh when they do their work um and i feel like for me when i want to do stuff for for history creeps i'd probably use this because this 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 did the job it it got that kind of nerve ending feeling happening
1: yeah the the track listing from the from the uh, uh the original release and then the two disc set it it's all like uh like the face hugger breakaway the landing the droid the recovery the cupboard you know here kitty you know stuff like that and they're all like minute minute and a half so yeah this definitely was all orchestral original music
0: and and all just the sound of the ship too you know the the way they did whoever did the sound design on this i thought was great i love when you see old school computer stuff and whenever you see you know things happening across the screen, it always makes this sound almost like a dot matrix printer, but it's actually the screen. And in reality, I don't think the computers really made those sounds, right? But we always use those sounds to kind of uh, emulate or try to really kind of push this idea that this is happening on the screen. It's moving. And the other thing I noticed too is uh, when that stuff would show up on the screen and then it cut to the the actor or the actress that's watching the screen, you'd see it um you know projected across their face like the like the screen was a projector as well
1: yeah they they had that it's called the internet glow when you stare at the computer screen in the dark
0: yeah and the, chances are you're surfing the internet yeah uh but overall dude i thought the sound on this was top notch it definitely f- f- helped with the creep factor um the other thing that actually helped with the creep factor on this was was special effects cuz this this movie i mean when you have to have things that look like something you've never seen before in your life uh you know it, it's very well known that they tapped into artist H, uh what's his name HG Geiger HR Geiger HR HR uh, Geiger and the dude like when you see his artwork he's very famous for this kind of how do you how would you even explain it i always call it bony like it's got like ridges and bones throughout all of it you know what i mean
1: it's very much like um it it's it's got a layer of steampunk, yes, glossed over with like um, not ceramic, but like a um like a nylonish like a it's, it's steampunk with a coating of, um, almost like a uh, like a resin pour.
0: Yeah, dude, it's got it's got such so- a his, his art um, is amazing. First of all, uh, but then when you see it, it you know the designs of these creatures, like the face hugger, um, already. It, it it the way it looks there's it's got these features that repulse you almost instinctually right the, just the kind of ridges that you see on the spine or the the kind of flabby sacks that kind of hold off to the side and then the the long finger like you know, legs that the thing has that it holds your face with like those fingers kind of, for me, if you're arachnophobic, if you're afraid of spiders, immediately you're going to hate this thing. If you're, if you're afraid of, uh, you know, uh, crustaceans of any sort, immediately your instinct when you see this is going to be revulsion.
1: I would, I would call them more of a, like a tendril.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Um, but that, I mean, even more so, the tail that every time they poked poked it or prodded it, the tail that just kept tightening around the, around the neck was, was, um, was, I'm like, it doesn't look like ED 209 from Robocop or, you know how that was years after this movie and just looked awful. Yeah.
0: Or how about like when, when the uh, face huggers there, the, those sacks on the side, almost like like lungs, you could see them kind of breathing in and out. It was just
1: so just, oh,
0: repulsive, dude. That's all the only word I could think of. It's very repulsive. Person.
1: Yeah, the person also being breathing underneath. Oh. If it was a body, you know, uh, like a stunt bot not a stunt body, but a, um, you know, how they'll use a fake yeah. body, like a Madame Tussaud wax, not wax body, but, you know, that type of yep. thing where it's a. A uh, a prop, a prop body. That's geez, prop. Such a hard word to think of. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, they were working in tandem, and it was it was it was amazing how something so old was so very realistic. Yeah,
0: seriously. Uh, and then the first time we ever get a cha- a chance uh, sighting of what even the alien the the xenomorph going to look like is when it's the the baby version, right? The little chest burster. Um, already, it looks. Just just having that big bulbous, you know, just smooth head with the tiny little mouth and little little eyes—it's so disgusting. And then they give it almost a snake-like body and this wormish-like body, oh, they like—they knew Geiger knows exactly what's going to to make your skin crawl.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, he's good at that.
0: Very nice. Um, and then again, the xenomorph itself as as a as an adult, uh iconic now right iconic now because we've seen it so much and we've but back then you know audiences were just like what the shit is this like you didn't see creatures like this as aliens and monsters and when and when you see it originally in full body form that's actually an actor in in the costume in the latex costume with that giant you know helmet of a head on uh, it, that had to be uncomfortable. I'm gonna have to look into like a documentary on the making of because I really like to see how they really you know moved around and and worked that out because I think they had puppeteers for the the tail and all that kind of stuff.
1: I, I couldn't even begin to tell you, but you know, just as I said before, not showing the full, you know, the full body for the first at least couple kills was was brilliant, and and I don't know if that was because the suit wasn't done yet, you know, so it wasn't a matter, so it was a matter of, con, you know, convenience and timing, mm-hmm. or if it was just to perpetuate that Jaws feeling of, well, we don't see the, the shark until the very end. And it was because in Jaws, it was a matter of necessity because the shark wouldn't cooperate. So they just showed the fin uh, for most of it, but you know, that and then the the design of the head and how it's a very much a, a matte black with a little bit of gloss Mm -hmm. on it and it can hide, you know, it can hide in dark corners and, you know, just everything about it is just, it it just perfectly fits to, to, you know, the movie, to the, the, the background, it it, it hides in the background yet in plain sight. So, you know, it was, it was probably the, the, (laughs) aside from Sigourney Weaver, the breakout of this movie. Yeah,
0: yeah, easily. I was just looking at this real quick. It says, The creature's head was manufactured separately by Carlo Rambaldi, who worked on the aliens in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He followed Geiger's designs closely, making some modifications to incorporate moving parts that would animate the jaw and inner mouth. This this part's crazy. A system of hinges and cables was used to operate the creature's rigid tongue, which protruded from its mouth and featured a second mouth at, at its tip, uh, with its own set of removable teeth, the final head had about 900 moving parts and points of articulation. <laughs> Could you imagine holding, like, wearing this head with all of those parts just moving all around you? You know what I mean? Oh,
1: well, I I know that uh, like uh, I I watched a what was it? I watched the the behind the scenes of the Muppet movie. This sounds like a really weird comparison. <laughs> I was going to say, where are we going here? Well, side, side, side story. Uh, if, if, and when Fayetteville comic con happens in June, which hopefully you're still coming, Chris, there will be someone who used to work at Jim Henson's Mupp- uh Jim Henson's workshop. Nice. Um, so we can actually ask them all about this, but uh, a lot of the, um, a lot of the puppets and well, they're Muppets cause they're Marionette puppets, A lot of the Muppets that are used, you know, with someone's hand shoved up their ass, as it were, uh, they have, like, if they have to use two hands and move a mouth and eyes and whatever, they use fingers on little different buttons to move their eyes. and, And there'll be a TV, like, when they were driving, when Fozzie Bear was driving the car, there was a guy in the trunk with a TV so that he could, with a camera focused on the animal or the Muppet, so that they could see where they were going, what they were doing, where he was looking and see that his hand wasn't on his face. Cause you know, there's no tactile mm-hmm. feeling. So I wonder if there wasn't something along those lines as well as some remote control, whatever's and. You know, people people pushing buttons uh, off. screen. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, one of the other things I
0: looked, I saw here, uh, kind of answers what you talk, and actually, you know, it, it it's it's a lot of what you said. So Ridley Scott chose not to show the full alien for most of the film, keeping most of its bodies in shadow to create a sense of terror and heightened suspense. Um, he's quoted as saying I've never liked horror films before because in the end it's always been a man in a rubber suit well there's one way to deal with that the most important thing in a film of this type is not what you see but the effect of what you think you saw so that was the idea he wanted it to be that people didn't understand what this whole the whole body of this thing looked like and I remember being a kid not realizing what the whole body looked like also I always remembered the head I would always remember the head and maybe like the tail and little pieces but Seeing the whole body itself, I don't remember, like, I I didn't remember it completely until watching it again this time. Even though I've seen the creature, you know, in toys and statuettes, uh, I remember I was in sixth grade or seventh grade, there was a kid that, a brand new kid came to our school and he was an amazing artist. And this kid could literally draw xenomorphs to a T, like every single line perfect. It was insane. Um but yeah, it you know seeing it in the film as you're seeing little pieces of it, it's creepy, dude. They don't give you enough, and that's I think speaks to the effect, not just as a special effect, but the way he used the camera to to kind of you know to to get that effect across. It, I thought I think it was well done.
1: Yeah, I w- I would agree.
0: Overall, uh, in this film, dude, what were some of your the scenes that stand out to you? And and when I say scenes, obviously, I think we're gonna say we're always gonna say the iconic scenes, right?
1: Chest burster, face hugger. Those, yeah. those are going always going to be you know the unfurling of the alien when it gets Brett in that yeah. weird cavernous dripping room. Um, yeah, I know. have to say
0: I have to I appreciate the the one scene I was telling you earlier um, with what's her name the one that won the award the uh, the supporting actress award that scene i appreciated more this time around as a kid i probably glossed over it It was like whatever what's happening what's happened with that guy with that thing on his face but this time around i thought that was a great scene like the way you could see the emotion just kind of dripping off of her during that time
1: yeah yeah i mean every kill is is well you know is is iconic i mean we both had the have the loot crate ali, uh, alien <laughs> you yep. know, with where it uh with the stick on tail to was that brett or was that um uh what's his name um parker yoffit
0: yeah i think it was uh uh that no, was brett i think it's brett oh yeah
1: because yeah, yeah. he comes up
0: behind him remember yeah and right he's like oh he takes it right through the midsection
1: yeah and i think harry dean stanton is one of those Actors that has been killed in what, aside from Sean Bean, pretty much every movie he's ever been in, <laughs> with very few exceptions. As an
0: actor, do you get to a point where you're like, eh, I guess I'm dying in this film. It's yeah. just, I mean, it is what it is.
1: Talk about being typecast.
0: Yeah. Um, no, man. I think, it, yeah, the, you, it's hard to, this film is has so many different iconic scenes that all the other scenes are just kind of in-betweens. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, this one you can't really say, oh, my favorite's this one and everybody go, "Oh, really? I never would have thought of that." Because this one the most iconic scenes are the big ones. The first time you see the second little mouth head come out from his, you know, the tongue thing. That's that's iconic with the lips pulling up and all the acid just dripping off of them. Um yeah, this movie I think overall is an overall iconic scene.
1: Yeah, yeah, I w- I would agree. It's it's hard to pick out one small spot. Or one small scene that, you know, it, it that can sum up the movie more than any other scene. Yeah.
0: So how are we going to rate this, man? How many face huggers do you give Alien?
1: Oh, I was going to give it shining stars.
0: <laughs> shining stars. Remember at the shining stars. at the end
1: of the movie, Sigourney Weaver Ripley's just like you're my shining star and mm-hmm. nonstop. It's like all right, I get it. That's your.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your What's your rating on that? What do you What are you giving it?
1: Uh, I'm gonna go based on the a, factoring in the age of the movie and the filming technology at the time, the 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 scene. I'm sorry, not the scenes. The well, the plot, the the acting, the interactions between the characters, the the effects, which are mostly, if not all, practical. The use of miniatures, which is my favorite, you know, instead of filming yeah. a giant spaceship, they film a teeny tiny one. Uh, and, and, and all of the, what's the word I'm looking for here? The, the scene, not the scene, the background. What's that shit called? Cause I'm drawing a blank now. <laughs> all of the background. The, 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 the why am I drawing a blank? The accoutrements,
0: the accoutrements.
1: Yes, the, the accoutrements. And it's going to bug the living shit out of me now that I can't think of it. <laughs> the, um. The scenes, the the spaceship insides that they were in, whatever, whatever sets. that was called. The sets, exactly. Again, just there like prop, another hard word to think of. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give this, um, I'm going to give this 4.6 out of 5. Wow. Okay. Nice. It, it, and, and also because it actually has intrigued me into what happened. I know there there are three sequels plus two prequels. So it makes me think. Maybe I want to see what happens in these next official sequels and prequels. Not so much Alien versus Predator, because no. But <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to deep dive into the comics. But I'm really curious now as to what happens in the next one, at the very least, and if not beyond that.
0: I gotta say, I can't remember any much about Aliens except for that scene with uh, Sigourney Weaver with the shaved head and the, the alien coming right up next to her. I mean, it's a famous scene. I think it's even on the movie posters. Um, I couldn't tell you, I, I couldn't even remember myself. Uh, nice dude. Nice. F- would you say 4. What? 4.25? 4. Six. 4.6. 4.6. Listen to that folks. Um, yeah, dude, I agree with you. I think everything we said about this film, uh, from the beginning of the show is pretty much on point, you know, a great cast, a great acting, uh, Ridley Scott did a great, great, you know, he put together a great horror film in sci-fi genre, uh, introduced a new, you know, monster to, to pop culture that to this day, everyone knows what that is. You see it, you say, oh, that's Alien, right? So I think this is this is one of those films that for me is always going to be considered, and 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 it, and it it proved itself seeing it again. I remember just always thinking how much I enjoyed it, and I always held it up there as one of the better films. Uh, but watching it again just kind of solidified that. So I'm actually with you. I'm almost it's almost going to hit that five rating, but I'm 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 at four point seven five for me, four point seven five, and I'm going to go with Face Huggers because the uh, the other point two five got chopped away and. Acid splattered everywhere and uh, you know, put a hole through my computer. But four point mm-hmm. seven five face face-hugg- huggers on my end. Um so I think we could both easily say that's gonna find its way on the silence your phones uh DVD shelf in our collection. Um Sean, why don't you tell the good people what movie we're
1: watching next week? I will as soon as you look at your telephone. Your cell phone telephone. <laughs> uh oh what is this? I might have found an alien's me an alien meme and sent it to you. Oh, the, oh that's amazing dude <laughs> so Man, look
0: at that kid's face that is so awesome so to <laughs> to paint the picture
1: and you can just find this by typing alien movie theme alien movie meme into your google machine oh, God, it's a it's a i'd say a homemade alien cosplay holding up a kid who was what eight nine and he's all curled up and that kid, he said, it says babysitting you're doing it right it's that's one of those awesome. demotivational posters. Um, Love it So yes I thought you'd find that fun Uh, So for next episode uh, I decide that since we Pushed a lot of space garbage Pushed a lot of the uh, the space garbage Out into space to lighten our load We're going to watch some earth garbage uh, From 1984 They live
0: It's a new morning in America Fresh, vital The old cynicism is gone We have faith in our
1: leaders we're optimistic as to what becomes of it all. It really boils down to our ability to accept. We don't need pessimism. There are no <laughs> limits. We it must figures it would to be something like this. Our nation, our ideals, of oh. vision. Excuse we don't want me. To just survive. You know, we want you to look like see. your head fell on the cheese dip back in 1957.
0: <gasps> Rowdy Roddy Piper, dude. Rowdy Roddy Piper, that's all I gotta say. The Piper.
1: And Keith David in a not bad guy role.
0: Oh. This is gonna be fun, dude. It's been, this again is like Alien. I haven't seen this in so long. I really hope it's not through rose color. I hope I don't watch this and really pick it apart. I I hope I still enjoy it the way I did when I was a kid. It's gonna be fun.
1: It's a homeless construction worker. So I'm I'm just gonna leave it at that. You draw your own conclusions. <laughs>
0: All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Silence Your Phones for Sean Fritz. This is Chris Chavez. It is once again safe to unsilence your phones. See you next week.